This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. The Steelers got a win in Big Ben's final home game, but how did they do it? Well, as much as I love you, number seven, it really wasn't on your shoulders very much at all. He did throw 46 passes, 34 of them. (laughs) came in the first half he averaged 2.7 yards per completion he went 24 for 46 with 123 yards the thing that was just the best though was that he did get a touchdown pass that's the only thing i think that matters in the first half in the first half they got off the schneid there as well historically bad since 1940 was the last time that they hadn't scored in that many consecutive games uh in a first half but that was broken against the browns little pass to deontay johnson Ben Roethlisberger, obviously emotional all game long, a little extra emotional after that touchdown pass too, I think. Yeah, I think, I don't know if he knew that was going to be his last touchdown pass. You go into halftime, you're up 10 nothing. You can think maybe we get one more in there. But I'm sure in that moment, it had nothing to do with the fact that it was a first down touchdown pass, but to be able to throw a touchdown pass in front of his fans had to feel good. Oh, it was chef's kiss. I I don't even, like, I doubt he thought that was going to be his last. I bet you he thought I could get one more in here. And the fact that that didn't happen, I don't think probably crushed him. But he he certainly, I bet you he was in his head a lot after he threw that pass at Deontay. I bet he was thinking, man, it feels good to do this in in front of my home crowd. Little uh, potential future trivia for you. Leading receiver in Big Ben's final home game? Uh, was it Ray-Ray McLeod? It was Ray-Ray McLeod. Wow. Four catches, 35 yards. Deontay Johnson had an impressive eight catches for 31 yards. It's pretty impressive to only have 31 yards when you have eight catches on the day. Deontay had a couple drops. Chase Claypool had a couple drops. Receiving court really let him down, honestly. And that's after Mike Tomlin kind of went to bat for them in, in his press conference earlier well, this especially week. Especially Ray-Ray. He went to bat for him after the taunting penalty in the post game after the Chiefs, and then, yeah, he went to bat for his receiving core. Saying overall, I yeah. think they've done a pretty good job this year. I don't know about that. I can spot a liar when I see one. He was lying through his teeth on that one. I don't think he actually believes that. I don't think he did either, and it's kind of disappointing mm-hmm. now because I've had no problem grouping Ray Ray and, and Chase Claypool in a group of kind of disappointing I don't know if you can call Ray Ray disappointing. I'm but just disappointed that they're using him. Like. Exactly. It's the fact that I have to keep talking about this guy, which disappoints me. But Deontay is the really frustrating piece here because he was having a great season up until, like, what, three or four weeks ago? Yeah. And it was what, what game did he have? Well, he had the fumble against uh, the, Chiefs. the Chiefs. But Maybe after the Ravens game, because he had the drop in the end zone at the end of the first half, but he, he made himself. up for it in the second half with his second half touchdown. I think he had two touchdowns that, that half, actually. But since then, uh, he's had a couple of drops. He's made a couple of cuts that we, we that we know he loves to do, but they result in nothing. And it's, it's just not the, the play that, I, that matched his level of play for, through the first 12 weeks or so. No, I agree with that. Honestly, I think the past two weeks, Chiefs in this Browns game, yes. they scored a touchdown against the Browns, so can't be too upset at him. But I think these were his two worst games, and I just think it's interesting that it came on the heels of I didn't make the Pro Bowl, 
and right. I'm going to say how upset so, I was at that. Kind of weird because Deontay has always been the quiet guy. Put your head down. I understand I'm being criticized for something, but I'm not going to go out there and bark back at the media. I'm just going to have my work ethic prove how good of a player I am. This was the first time I've really heard him kind of speak up, and it wasn't even a lot. It was just, an, I think it was just like an emoji, kind of like a questionable eyes emoji saying, really? Like, not me? This guy who's been as consistent as ever, no drops yet, or maybe only one drop on the season? Going to be over 1,000 yards uh, receiving? And since then, it's been the regression. So, Deontay, maybe stick to what you know. Just stop stop questioning the perception of others and just work on yourself. I think you're noticing that so much more, too, because he hasn't talked a lot. So when he does, it's, like, more amplified. But I don't have a problem really talking in this kind of nature. Like, do I wish that it wasn't happening? Yeah, but I'm so numb to it, like, because of all the other crap that the other receivers have pulled over the past couple years that I'm actually like, oh, he's complaining about actual football things? Like, oh, he thinks he should be in the Pro Bowl, and he thinks that his numbers speak for that? He's not complaining about defending, celebrating in the end zone or dancing on logos. Like, uh, oh, like, uh, well, I should be mad at him because he's mm-hmm. not focused, but I'm, I'm not because it's actually football related for a change. Um, look, I get you had the numbers to get to the Pro Bowl, but sometimes you just have to look around at your peers and realize you haven't arrived at the level of uh, Tyreek Hill, yeah, of a uh, Jamar Chase, of a. Uh, Keenan Allen, who was the guy. It was him or Keenan Allen, because I think Diggs, Chase, and Hill were locks. Sure. So that last spot was between Allen and probably, you could have gone Deontay. Yeah, maybe. T. Higgins had a pretty good case, too. T. Higgins had a monster T. Higgins has over 1,000 yards on the season. Has, I think, almost double-digit touchdowns now. So there were a lot of crowded guys in that room of of wide receiver to claim those four Pro Bowl spots. It's not a knock on you that you fell short of those four guys. And, hey, I mean, Tyreek Hill probably will make the Super Bowl, so you'll probably slide in anyway, Deontay, once he pulls out. Because and there the will Super be Bowl. other guys who probably opt out. Yeah, Keenan Allen as, might as just as decide always. I'm not going to play in it, and something don't like they, that. And don't they bring in, like, seven wide receivers anyways? Just in Pro case. Bowls? Just yeah. I'm sure Deontay will find his way. I bet you he to where I don't even know where it's being played this year. Is it back in Orlando? I no idea. It's not back in It's not out in Hawaii. Either. Not anymore. Uh, so the receivers really let Ben down or just didn't really play that great in that game. Kind of let him down all year, too, but they weren't special. The guy who was special well, on the offense. Before we move on to the, to number, the, man 20, of the to number 22, I think we haven't really spent enough time talking about Chase Claypool here. Three catches, 17 yards on nine targets. Only three catches on nine targets. This guy was on pace for 1,000 yards Double-digit touchdowns, and I don't know when. I mean, it's easy to point to the Minnesota game when he made the gaffe of celebrating on the first down catch. But I don't know when. Maybe that was it. Maybe it was the Minnesota game when everything changed for him. He has one receiving touchdown this year. That was it? No one. way. I Gonna have the stats right here, buddy. One touchdown in the twenty in the 2021 regular season. And that's after getting what? 12 last year something absurd like that he broke has, broke the franchise rookie record he has 10 career receiving touchdowns he had nine receiving touchdowns and I think last he had year. two rushing and he has last year. one receiving touchdown wow. this season 
one time. He has eight hundred and twenty. He has eight hundred and twenty-three yards, fifteen point two per catch. So when he catches the ball, they're usually. Big what are plays. those numbers though? Since Minnesota, what what's been the game by game breakdown since Minnesota? Since the Minnesota game, he had nine catches for ninety-three yards against Minnesota and one ghastly celebration error. Uh, against Tennessee the next week, two for twelve. Against the Chiefs, six for forty-one. Against the Browns, nine for seventeen. Uh, I'm those sorry, are those targets. are targets. Yeah. Zero catches against the Titans. Four catches against the Chiefs. Three against the Browns. 12 yards, 41 yards, 17 yards. Not even 100 yards combined in the previous three games after having 93 Not even 10 combined catches. Nope. And that three catches on nine targets is really jumping out to me right now for the Browns game. Just and there were, uh, and, and It's not cutting the mustard. That's not all Ben's fault. I mean, there were a couple deep balls where your bread and butter is high-pointing balls being able to to moss a guy and go above him and get to the point where you can catch the ball and not have whatever he whatever the defender's efforts are break up the pass and here you are not over a, over a three game stretch not eclipsing 100 yards not eclipsing 10 catches in total tom i think this locker room is in kind of in in dire straits looking for the receiving core, and that's a year after we were saying at the end of 2020, saying you're going to have your deep threat in Chase Claypool. You have a really good slot guy with Juju. You have a really good dual threat guy. He can play the short game. He can play the long game in Deontay. He's quick as ever. He breaks better than any receiver in the league. And then you have old, reliable, fourth stringer, James Washington. Now here we are a year later saying, oh, my gosh. Who are we left with? Because James Washington presumably wants out. Juju may not be back because of free agency. Although I think he will be. I think he will be now. I think the Steelers kind of caught a lucky break with his his injury to get him on the cheaper side. But Chase Claypool really is is the question mark here. I agree with that. And I think what else is really tough is that they didn't take a receiver in last year's draft. No. I don't know if you can afford to take one really at any significant pick in this year's right, draft. Right, maybe in the fifth and, and beyond. Which maybe you'll hit an A-B, but who and knows? The I mean, not that you could hit an A-B, but you could hit something Serviceable. decent enough. Right, I mean, they've done so in the past. But you're not going to use a first or second round pick on a real premier talented wide receiver. Not even a third round pick. There's just too many other holes that you need to fill. And you have at least depth at that spot. It's mm-hmm. just the quality of the depth. That's the real big right. question mark that you have. But number 22, Najee Harris. Now, yeah, okay. Let's, that was a torch-passing moment Yes, because he's now the guy on the offensive side of the ball. Next year, uh, you know, you get Pickett, you get Corral, uh, you bring in Jimmy G, wh- whatever it is, unless it's Rodgers. Do you really want Corral all, after that injury? He had yeah, that's tough. Game? That's tough. But I'm just throwing out hypotheticals to Sure, say, I get it. I get it. Unless it's a Rodgers or a Wilson, whoever steps under center next year isn't going to be the guy. The offense goes through number 22, and I think number 22 had his best performance as a rookie against the Browns and finally had some room to operate with. You saw a lot of double teams at the point of attack with this new offensive line coach, and you saw Hassenhauer get a lot of good push at the center spot and play pretty well at that center spot, filling in for Kendrick Green, so... I think the line did a lot to help, but when you give Najee Harris room, you see exactly what we thought we'd see all year, which is punishing stiff arms 25 yards down the field, 
chunk runs of 30 yards a, a couple times in the game, one of one, one of which went for a touchdown. Uh, 188 yards total on the ground, 6.7 per carry. This is exactly the kind of back that Najee Harris is. And if you can get the offensive line to get the push like it did against the Browns more consistently in 2022, this cat will average over 100 yards per game on the ground alone. On the ground alone, right. I think he's he's well over 1,000 yards in the season. He 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 eclipsed that on on Monday night. He also broke Franco, Franco Harris's, Harris's franchise's rookie record right? on the run where he absolutely stiff armed someone yes. into the ground, Disgusting which is just a, a poetic way to to break that record. It's not going to win Good Morning Football's Angry Runs Award this week, but that was probably his best run on the season. Najee Harris already has a scepter to his he does. name as well. He this does. Year, that came so. way back, and I think that was Week Two against the Raiders. But still, I mean, this is a guy who's going to be. Uh, a name. You know, I remember early on saying, okay, you're going up against Seattle, who has the worst run defense in the league. You're you're on Monday Night Football. Have this be your coming out party. It didn't happen. Then it was, or maybe that was Sunday night. Then it was like, what, two weeks later. You're going up against Chicago, another not great That's running Monday defense. Monday Night game, yeah. That was the Monday Night game. Have this be your coming out party. Just run all over them and on a national spotlight. Have, have everyone say after that night, no one will forget the name Najee Harris. Didn't happen. It took all the way until week 17. But boy, he did so with an exclamation point. Also, Tom, of note, it's the second most rushing yards in a game all season. You know who beat him out? Who's number one in a game this season? No, tell me. Dalvin Cook against the Steelers on Thursday Night Football. When he ran for over 200 yards. When he ran for over 200 yards. That's pretty impressive from Najee to have 188 and be the second most single game. I think game third title behind year. him is Jonathan Taylor with like 170 something. Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry probably could have been in that record, there, but he probably would have gotten 200 at some I'm, point. Yeah, this year. honestly shocked he didn't even get there at some point during his first six or seven games he played this year. Well, maybe he will in the playoffs, but <laughs> he probably could. Uh, uh, by the way, I hear that he's practicing at full speed in Tennessee right now. Great, so and they get the number one seed. Yeah, all they have to do is not lose to the Texans again. Good luck. Well, they lost to the Texans they earlier. They did. They so. did lose to the Texans earlier this year. I, look, the the way he runs is just the way that a number one running back looks like when, when they get out into space. And his combination of power and, and speed and his ability to just keep going and going and going and always fall forward, special, special back, and... I think next year, you know, Joe Burrow's got next as far as the quarterback is concerned. A lot of good running backs in this division. Dobbins, come back. Coming we'll see back. how he looks. Mixon, Chubb. Mixon, Chubb. I think Harris is going to be the best of all. Yes. I mean, that's something that the Steelers were really behind the wheel on last year was, as you mentioned, the Bengals had Mixon, the Ravens had Dobbins, and the Browns had Chubb and Kareem Hunt. The Steelers had James Conner and Benny an injured Snell. an injured James Conner, a cruddy Benny Snell, a cruddy Jalen Sanders. Remember that guy, yeah. So yeah, now, but- now you now you you've earned your seat at the table of elite running backs. The only thing, Tom, is how much can you recreate the success you had on this past Monday night over an entire seventy game season next year? I'm not so sure how you do that. One thing they need to do in the offseason, and I don't know if you do you can do this through the draft, you gotta sign a veteran back 
to be the number two. Like you got to sign someone that's got some some tread on the tires to come in and be the guy who can handle five or six carries a game instead of Benny Snell. Like maybe Kalen Balaj could have been Balazs? that guy, but I just don't think that they like him this year. He's yeah, struggled to him. stay healthy. He's just not. He's not really gotten the crack that you think he, he would. He had one game, I think it was the Ravens game maybe, where he had five or six carries. That was it, though. They've seemed to really, you know, he only got a carry in this game, but when they do give it to someone else, it seems to be Benny Snell right. who's starting to get the ball. But I don't think that they're enamored with Benny Snell. I don't think that he will potentially be, be back next year. I mean, let's be honest, Tom. How great was it before he went down for the season Le'Veon Bell in 2015 when it was the Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo Williams show. Let's not forget how good D'Angelo Williams was as the veteran oh, yeah. coming in to help out when when Le'Veon needed some time off. Yeah. And it, let's not forget, too, in those first, what was it, two or three games on the season, Le'Veon Bell was suspended, and D'Angelo Williams ran rampant. People were saying, do we even need Le'Veon Bell if D'Angelo Williams is going to run this well for us the rest of the year? That's that's what a veteran back, a capable exactly. veteran back can do for your team. So that's exactly why I think that that's something that they should definitely take a look at this offseason. Just somebody that can sit behind Najee and take a little bit of that workload off of his plate. Not not that I don't think he can handle it. He's being worked more than any rookie back this season for sure. And he's being worked really uh, – Tomlin loves to run the wheels off of running backs, and I think you're going to see the same Doesn't he with have Najee the most? Harris as well. For rookies, he does. Doesn't he have the most touches of – I think any running all back. running backs. That's probably if true. If not second. It's also just great that he's a 1,000-yard rusher in his rookie season. Yes. I mean, and he only needs 80 yards, I think a little less. He's at like 422. He needs less than 80 yards to eclipse 500 through the air. Which I don't I don't know if that's going to happen. One part of his game that we really haven't seen this season is that ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and be a receiver. That was a big well, reason why they drafted him. I don't know if that's necessarily his fault. I agree because you have to have some form of blocking a blocking brigade, brigade sorry in front of you if you want to do that. And we know how bad the offensive line has been. We know how bad Chase Claypool has been at blocking. Oh, just terrible. Yeah. They miss Juju so yes. much in that aspect. Get get Juju with Najee as a blocker and and watch them fly. Yes. <laughs> Defensively, I mean, what more can be said? If if Najee Harris wasn't the MVP of Big Ben's finale, it's Mr. TJ Watt who was the MVP. Uh, five or uh, four sacks, five total tackles, three tackles for a loss, two passes defended, five quarterback hits. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal game from Watt. Uh, all the sacks aside, I think my favorite play was when he didn't rush and he just sat at the line and yep. waited and jumped up Batted and squatted down. it down and then immediately turned and pointed and smiled. Do you at know Baker what he said Mayfield. to Baker? No. You got to throw the ball higher, bro. He did. You're too small, right? Yeah. Like, you're too small. You got to throw the ball higher. Steeler fans, that could have been a taunting penalty. Yeah, I, I, I saw. I'm a, lot a little of shocked that it, it wasn't. wasn't. I honestly think what happened there was the refs were so shocked at how bad Baker is <laughs> that they were just like, okay, You kind of got to give it – you kind of got to let TJ make fun of him because he's that bad. Just be like, you really are too short. Like, TJ's like, you're too small. And the ref's like, he's not lying. So I don't really know <laughs> if we can call this a, technically a taunting call. But 
I don't want to be old man and say that it should have been taunting. I think it was the like I said, it was my favorite moment of the game. Like that is that game. No, I think the his, taunting penalties have gotten out of hand this year. They have been like that's that's the spirit of competition right there. Like like you allow teams to show you, some emotion. No, but uh, the the celebrations right they were they were they were heavily penalizing celebrations in the end zone after turnovers or after touchdowns, and they said it's taking away the fun of the game. We're going to allow it. I think they have to do the same with these taunting rules because it's absurd. And it started, I don't know if you remember this, in the preseason, some some running back on Detroit, who I don't think is even in the league right now or, or on an active roster right now, had an angry run. And he carried the pile with him. And after he came, he, after he went down, he just stood up and, and just flexed a little bit. Flexed. Just went, uh, see that? That's how I got an extra 10 yards, 12 yards. And they penalize him for it. And I think from that moment on, people said, uh-oh, that causes a penalty? Like, what won't cause a penalty? And luckily, TJ got, kind of got away with one. He certainly did, but I'm glad he did. Yes, because that would have been horrible if that was a penalty and that gave Cleveland an extra 15 uh, First yards. down, yeah. Four sacks, though, in this game. His career high, as far as the game is concerned. He had three and a half sacks earlier this year. Against the Baltimore Ravens, who they happen to play on Sunday this who's, coming week. Who's that? I think he's going to break it. I the, think the Michael Strand single I mean, season sack record. After, it's, just for context for people, what, 22 and a half is yes, the sack record. TJ's record at 21 and a half right yeah. now. So he needs one and a half to for, break it for him to take a singular hold on it. So if Cam and, Hayward, Alex Highsmith, if you're listening and you have the quarterback wrapped up, hold him up a little bit. Hold right. him up a little <laughs> bit longer so TJ can get there and grab a half a sack off you. I was nervous because after the Kansas City game, he came away with zero. And we had said on our show before the Kansas City game when he stood at, uh, what, 17 and a half, right, going into the Kansas, going into the Kansas City game, he said at 17 and a half. Um, because going into the Tennessee he had game, a one and a half, he didn't get a sack against the Vikings. Left hurt. Well, well, I'm saying against then Tennessee, he had one and a half against Tennessee. Tennessee, he entered tied with James Harrison. All he had to do was get a half to break it. Got he got one, one and, and a half. half. So entering last week, he had stood at seventeen and a half. And I remember saying on this show with you, we had said if he can get like one or two sacks with Kansas City, then he can get like maybe two per game against Cleveland and Baltimore. That's a record right there. But he came away with zero against Kansas City, and I think we said to ourselves, I don't know if he's going to break it anymore. He can still get to 20. 22.5 is a little different. But getting four, he gets, he can get another four against Baltimore, Tom. Baltimore gives up 3.4 sacks per game. It's the worst number in the NFL. Yes. I, I mean, I don't know what the number is for Cleveland, but the fact that he got four, the team got nine, what would those numbers equate to against Baltimore next week? Well, we saw what they equated to against Baltimore with Lamar Jackson in Week 13, and that was three and a half sacks for T.J. Watt and seven total uh-huh. sacks for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. So, I just as long as he can stay healthy and as long as an injury doesn't creep up early in the game, which has been his only Achilles heel sure. all year long, he will get that sack record. He will break Strahan's sack record, and. Even if he does get injured and he doesn't finish the game and he doesn't get a sack or a sack and a half, I, he, I think a, he's the decoy no matter what. Yeah, he's gotten up to 20 sacks on the year, something that J.J. Watt congratulated him for on Twitter, right. saying welcome to the 20 club. 20 now, sack club. Now go break Strahan's record. You got it. But he also leads a league, and I think he leads a league in tackles for loss. He leads a league in quarterback hits. 
He's like fourth in fumble and forced fumbles. He's first in fumble, fumble recoveries. recoveries. How can you not give it to this guy? Like, like, I get it. We were upset in the last two years. Aaron Donald, it's tough not to give it to Aaron Donald when he's performing at Aaron Donald-like levels. He hasn't been doing it this year. That's why you haven't heard his name mentioned in that deep boy race. But the Stephon Gilmore thing still irks me to this day because I think by far and away, TG had the better year. And you were worried this year you were going to get another Gilmore kind of thing with Trevon Diggs. Right. Trevon Diggs. Who is not as good as people think he is because the interception numbers are so inflated. He is actually a borderline bad defensive back. Like he's he's borderline bad. And Cowboys Cowboys fans on Twitter are ridiculous. Anytime someone with like a blue check mark says, like, yeah, he's actually not that great, it's 11 interceptions, 11 interceptions, he's the depoy. And people always respond back with, yeah, he's not even the depoy on his own team right now, but no. whatever, keep talking that talk. So, Micah Parsons has had a great year for a rookie. If T.J. Watt hasn't had a historic season, I bet they give it to Micah because he's a Dallas Cowboys rookie. So but the problem, it's a historic season, so you can't yes. take it away from Watt. The problem with uh, Micah Parsons is he has 13 sacks on the year, and the last three games combined he has won. And that's the same thing with Garrett. Like yes. both the guys that were in that race with him have faded. Where TG just went out and had four sacks on Monday Night Football. Uh, for Miles Garrett, he has 15 on the year. He's had three consecutive games with zero sacks. There it is. You know, j- similar to the MVP race where it was so tight, but then all the other quarterbacks but Rodgers faded down the stretch. All the other depoys but Watt are fading right now. And the last seven games, he's had three combined sacks. Not good enough. If if I don't know about if Miles Garrett keeps up those numbers, but if Micah Parsons keeps up those numbers and he's instead of sitting at like eleven or something, if he's sitting at like sixteen with the with the Dallas star in his logo, he probably gets. I'd it. be scared if I if as a fan of T.J. Watt, but he he's regressed and T.J. only gotten better. So I think it's it's money in the bank. It's T.J. Watt. That's going to do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. As always, we are appreciative of you giving us a listen. For Jacob Brecht, I am Tom Opperman, and we'll talk to you guys next time.